0: You're listening to the Toolstation Western League Podcast with Ian Knockolds and Tom Hiscott.
1: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Toolstation Western League Podcast. It is episode 33, uh, to be precise. My name is Ian Knockolds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you?
2: Yeah, doing well, thanks. How about you?
1: I'm not bad. I had a very pleasant weekend. Um, I was one of the 180 that made their way to uh, Weymouth Street in Warminster uh, on Saturday afternoon um, for the first division game between Warminster and Radstock, and a, and a very enjoyable time I had as well. Um, I took my two young girls with me, saw very little of the football, but very much enjoyed the surroundings. It was a lovely day, and... Um, uh unfortunately we we were we we were we needed to leave before the end this is one of the problems of bringing small children to football (laughs) matches and as a result of that i missed the only goal of the game but i know you're going to tell us all about that um later in the podcast yeah my best Uh, yeah. On, uh, on this week's podcast, we speak to Adam Fricker, the manager of Bridport, and uh, also John Bowers, the chairman of Sherbourne Town. Um, all of that is to come, but we will kick things off, Tom. Normally, of course, we focus on the, you know, the weekend matches, Saturday the 23rd of March um, for this episode, but there was a six-goal thriller that we, that we really should mention on Tuesday the 19th of March between Buckland Athletic and Hengrove Athletic.
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh, I think, yeah, it's worth, worth giving a quick mention. Hengrove uh, obviously uh, battling towards the, the, the wrong end of the table this season, unfortunately for them. Uh, but, yeah, really creditable draw on uh, on Tuesday evening. Uh, and it was, yeah, three goals uh, from uh, Mickey Parsons, equalising on each occasion. So, obviously, Buckingham going ahead. Uh, but then Hengrove managed to, managing to pull it back on uh, each, each time. And uh, yeah, uh, a three-all draw. Uh, pretty entertaining game for a Tuesday night. And as we say, well done to Mickey Parsons, the the uh, the, the hat trick for Hengrove.
1: Excellent stuff. Now we will move on to Saturday, the 23rd of March, and um, two really full fixture lists um, to uh, to pick from for us this week. And uh, we kick things off at Bridport. Bridport, uh, uh, where the visitors were Shepton Mallet.
2: Yeah, indeed, and uh, a really good home win this one for Bridport. Uh, Ed Butcher, in particular. Uh, the standout uh, performer uh, getting a hat-trick uh, he scored the only goal of the first half to, to give the home side the advantage at the break uh, and then it was Sam Clark who just 30 seconds after coming on uh, around the hour mark uh, made an instant impact and uh, doubled Bridport's lead uh, with Butcher then scoring twice in the final 13 minutes to yeah as I say complete a hat-trick and uh, yeah fire Bridport to a, a really good 4-0 win
1: yeah comprehensive victory there mm. for the home side uh, but the Opposition, of course, Shepton Mallet, then no slouches. So I took this opportunity to speak to the Bridport manager, Adam Fricker. We spoke to him early in the season. I thought it was about time we caught up with him again. And I started off by saying to Adam that that 4-0 victory, particularly against Shepton Mallet, he must have been very pleased with.
0: Yeah, most definitely. We um, yeah, Going into the game, we knew it was always going to be a tough game. We've um, had some good battles over the years with, with Shepton. And when we went up to their place, Earlier early on in the season, we certainly didn't do ourselves justice, but um, but yeah, Saturday the lads were the lads were excellent, and um, I think it was a story of where we've been really, where you know performances of late have been excellent, but we've just not managed to uh, get the results. And um, Saturday everything fell into place for us.
1: Because form has been a bit patchy for you, isn't it? There's been a few defeats um, along along the way, but you did have a um, you did have a, a you ran Plymouth Parkway pretty close a couple of weeks ago. So obviously you've been in good form.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think like I say, we, you know, the last the last two games we've you know we've. We played Plymouth partway um, and performed superbly well down there. And then um, in the Dorset Senior Cup, we um, we ran, ran Wimborne right to the last minute, really. Um, obviously, a team that are two leagues above us. So, um, so the, the performances themselves over the recent weeks have, have been really, um, really positive. But you know, just not been, um, just not been getting the uh, the results off at of the back of it. But yeah, Saturday was a, certainly a different story. And I think yeah, we have been a little bit patchy this season. And um, I think a lot of that down has been down to it's been a rough ride with injuries losing key players at, at, at key moments at the time um, had to rebuild a little bit in the summer with losing some key players to um to southern league clubs as well so um so yeah but things you know things things have sort of turned a corner over the last few weeks for us and, and hopefully we can have a strong finish at the end of the season now
1: so twelfth at the moment in the premier division table is that do you feel a false league position are you aiming for something higher by the by the end of the season
0: um yeah I think you know, disappointingly for us, obviously we, you know, we, we want to progress. And I've been a manager for seven years now, and I've always season on season progressed on you know previous points and previous league positions, and and I think it's going to be a tough ask to do that. This season, you know, we finished seventh with, I think it was about 57, 58 points last year. So, you know, I've set a target to the lads that we want to we push for the top 10 this season um, and, and see if we can get ourselves in there, which is going to be an ask because we're about six points off of it at the moment. But, you know, we do have a game or two in hand over a couple of teams above us. But that's what we'll be aiming for. And, you know, just a, just a strong strong finish in the last eight games that we've got.
1: Well, you've got Westbury up uh, on Saturday. Uh, they, of course, um, started this season incredibly well, fallen away a bit in recent weeks but it still won't be easy for you will it
0: absolutely not no absolutely not we know we know it'll be a tough one um every single game is in this league um whether you're whether you're playing any of the teams down the bottom or at the top um so yeah we you know we've played uh, played them at our place and again it was one of those games where the performances was great but we just didn't didn't quite get ourselves over the line again like we have with um, many of the top teams this season um but yeah i see they you know they've lost their last few um, so we'll obviously be going out there to exploit that, but likewise they'll be um, they'll be looking to bounce back pretty quickly. So um, yeah, we'll be in for a tough afternoon. We know that.
1: Just out of interest, Adam, how long does it take you and your squad to get up to Westbury from Bridport?
0: Um, Westbury to Bridport is probably going to be about an hour and a half. I would have thought. So you know, not not ma- not, ma- not a major not dis- major distance. To be perfectly honest.
1: So you haven't found the travelling um, um, has, has caused you any problems? More more down to the sort of selection and player availability.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's more been, you know we've picked up some um, we've picked up some key injuries at, at key times, um, and like I say, we lost you know we lost we lost three lads in the summer to the street, um, which you know is a testament to them and uh, and to us to a certain extent of how well we did last season. You know what is a big plus is obviously we've we've managed to get Ed Butcher back from Street and you know he's he scored eight goals in five games for us so um, you know he's certainly proven his worth and um, you know if we if we'd have probably managed to keep hold of him all season I think we uh, we probably would be a little bit higher up that table.
1: Uh, just looking ahead at those remaining fixtures for you to the end of the season, you've still got Willand to play at your place now. Bridport's never an easy place for anybody to go in the Western League, so that match could have a really big influence on uh, on the title race.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll, the lads thrive on um, thrive on playing the teams at the top as well, and um, I think this season we we've always put in very good performances against against the teams at the top of the table, and probably let ourselves down maybe um, against the teams that are around us and below us. So um, it's definitely one we'll be up for. Um, you know, Willand will know that they'll be in for a tough game against us, um, and you know we'll we'll go out there and, and do a professional job and, um, and and play to the best of our abilities and go certainly go for a win. That's for sure.
1: I mean, what do you make of the title race this season? It's proving to be really fascinating, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah. It's very interesting, yeah. I think you've got, you know, you've got three very good sides probably um, realistically battling it out now with Bitt and Plymouth Parkway um and Willand. Um, I think, you know, I think Plymouth have won their last 13 or 14 games on the spin, so, you know, fair, fair play to them and, Obviously, being down there last Saturday, you can you can see that they're really preparing and and planning to try and get themselves in the Southern League with the with the work that they're doing. Um, so yeah, I think all all three teams have got their own different qualities. Um, but you know, willing to be honest, have been there all season, um, and and fair play to them and to, to be able to do what they've done, along with other great um, FA vars run as well, is um, is full credit to them.
1: Now, um, last season you helped me out with an interview with one of your players, um, legendary goal scorer Mark Salter, and I noticed his name was on the team sheet on Saturday, so I see he's still going strong.
0: Absolutely, yep, yep. Still going strong at the age of thirty-nine. Um, he uh, he actually spent his 30 birthday last Saturday playing centre half for us down at Plymouth Park, where he, due, to, due to a bit of a centre half injury crisis that we had. So um, that was, uh, I think, one of the first times in his career that uh, that he's actually played centre half. And, and fair play to him, he was he was excellent for us. And you know, we did joke after the game that we might have been able to extend his career by a few more years.
1: Yeah, touch of the D on Dublin's at the back. <laughs> absolutely,
0: yeah, no, absolutely. Experienced players can play anywhere, so.
1: Well, he's probably a career in television for, on the sort of the old um, homes-under-the-hammer circuit, if, he, yeah. uh, if he's up for that as well. Um, <laughs> one final question um, for you, Adam. And that is, on last week's podcast, we, we, um, we broke the news that Sinbins will be in the Western League next season. What do you make of that?
0: It's going to be an interesting one. Um, in my opinion, probably not a, massive, not a massive fan of them, but you know, don't, don't massively know how it will work. Um, so I think it's one of those that you have to just... See see how see how it goes when when it comes in. Um, our reserves play in a league that that I've got them this season. I've um, not really had too many conversations with our reserve team manager about how it's worked for them, but it's it's just one of those to get the games changing quite rapidly, and and you just have to adapt to to the new things that are brought in, really.
1: And my thanks to Adam for his time. Uh, now moving on, Buckland Athletic. They were at home, arguably a surprising result. Tom uh, against Cribs.
2: Cribs are in, in, in top-notch form, so I suppose for them, they won't be surprised that they they got the victory. Uh, but Buckland, uh, yeah, don't, don't expect to lose many at home. Uh, but, it yeah, 4-2 victory for Cribs, and they've now won seven of the last eight in all competitions. Two goals uh, in the first half for them from Sol Wanjao Smith and George Kello, uh, either side of a goal from Chris McPhee for the host. Uh, and then Jason Vincent scoring twice midway through the second half uh, to extend Cribs' lead. Uh, with the informed Ryan Bush heading home a consolation for, for Buckland. But yeah, uh, a 4-2 win for Cribs, and they continue continue to rack up the, 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 the victories.
1: Well, our next game had a virtually um, identical attendance to that last game between Buckland and Cribs, and it had a identical scoreline as well. Chipping Sodbury Town, uh, Willand were the visitors, and uh, another 4-2 victory for the away side, Tom.
2: Yeah, and this was uh, yeah far from easy for Willand. Obviously, they've got a couple of teams... Uh, chasing them towards the top of the table, and uh, yeah, they've managed to just about uh, sneak through and uh, uh, gain the three points on this occasion. Uh, they had gone twice, uh, gone ahead uh, twice in the contest through Luke Olden and Ben Bickle. Goals from George Box, and then Sean Keats managed to to pull things back, uh, level things for for Chipping Sodbury, who were a really good opponent on Saturday afternoon, and yeah, didn't make it easy for Willand. Uh, but then with 13 minutes left on the clock, uh, leading scorer Luke Law Mortimer. Uh, obviously, we've heard quite a bit about him this season. Uh, stepped up and uh, an overhead kick put them put them ahead. Uh, the for Willand uh, scored in the contest to to complete the complete the victory. So yeah, Willand eventually running out four two winners.
1: Excellent stuff. Now and um, Bitten, they would need to keep pace with uh, Willand, uh, and uh, they they travelled to Wellington.
2: Yeah, indeed, and they were they were behind at the break, so it was looking looking like a a, a tough afternoon for them. Uh, a goal from uh, Joe Chamberlain five minutes before the break, uh, giving Wellington the advantage uh, at half-time. Uh, but then Bitten and uh, Joe McLennan in particular uh, doing really well uh, at the beginning of the first, the, the second half. Sorry, uh, Firstly, hit, hit him, uh, a half-volley from McLennan, uh, levelling the scores uh, before he was then hauled down a couple of minutes later in the box. Uh, and Dean Griffith ste- stepping up. Uh, and dispatching the, the the resulting penalty kick uh, to give Bitten a 2-1 lead. And that was, uh, yeah, that was how it stayed.
1: Now, the final one of our um, top three that we're eagerly seeing whether or not they can keep pace with each other is Plymouth Parkway. Uh, they travelled to Westbury. Now, Westbury haven't been in much form of late, um, but Westbury were, I think, the first team, or well, certainly one of the first teams, to beat Plymouth Parkway this season. So, um, uh, well, would Plymouth get their revenge?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, a big 4-0 win for them on... Uh, on Saturday afternoon, they, they do seem a little bit unstoppable at the moment. Um, yeah, only one goal in the first half. An in-swinging corner uh, from Jordan Trott was headed home by uh, Adam Carter. Uh, he's doing pretty well at the moment. Uh, and then uh, Shane Crack, the captain, managing to, to double the lead two minutes after the break. So, uh, to, to, yeah, put Limith uh, partway. Uh, two goals ahead. Uh, Crack was then sent off uh, in a, in a f- bit of a fractious second half. Um, Westbury also having a man, a man dismissed. Uh, but then yeah Parkway pushing on pretty late scoring out a, a couple of late goals through Carter uh, and then Jordan and there, substitute uh, came on and, and added a fourth and uh, yeah and uh, Park Parkway roll on uh, another victory for them
3: If you're thinking Toolstation I know they'll save me money but do they have all the top brands you know DeWalt Makita Einhell Stanley Myra Kudox Nest and Santex yeah they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range, from the leading brands, with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. To with over 300 branches, there's always a tool station near you.
1: Now we move on to the first division, and our first fixture uh, from the weekend saw Bristol Telephones take on Corsham Town
2: yeah unfortunately a bit of a bit of a one-sided affair this one in the end uh caution running out six one victors away at the telephones who've uh, yeah shown real signs of improvement recently and definitely look capable of uh toppling a couple of teams uh, over the next couple of months uh but yeah caution a, a really big win uh, an impressive win for them up in up in fifth spot uh john basley scoring twice in the, the closing stages of the first half uh, either side of an effort from josh bright uh, to give them a yeah free goal lead at the break but uh, yeah, all the goals come towards the end of the first half. So it was a, yeah, good good run from them uh, to put them ahead. Uh, Nick Chandler then uh, scoring a brace after the after the after the interval uh, with another goal from Zach Hillier. So uh, yeah, big walk, six, one win for caution, but Telephones I think ending the game uh, with eight men due to uh, injuries and and the red card. So it was a tough afternoon for the phones, but uh, another another really good win for caution.
1: Now, this the next fixture in the first division is a pick of two really um, strong sides fighting out at the top of the division. Cheddar were the home side, and the visitors were Ashton and Backwell United.
2: Yeah, second versus third uh, coming into the fixture. Uh, Cheddar finishing the weekend on top thanks to a 3-0 yeah, victory. A uh, home to Ashton and Backwell uh, doing all their damage uh, inside the first uh, half hour. Uh, a 20-minute spell in the, in the first half. Uh, really, really handing the cheese men uh, yeah the victory on this occasion. Sam King with a, a well-taken free kick putting them ahead uh, before Adam Jones then uh, teed up his strike partner Adam Bright uh, to double the advantage three minutes later. Uh, Danny Griffiths then heading home uh, a third and, and that was how it stayed. So, yeah, a, a pretty well, pretty comprehensive 3-0 victory for, for Cheddar on Saturday afternoon.
1: Uh, now we move on to Sherborne Town. They've been in very good form of late uh, and uh, they entertain Carn Town.
2: Yeah, coming up against a, a Calm team who hadn't been in uh, such good good form themselves obviously up in up in lofty position but that's mainly due to their uh, early season forms there was a nine match uh, winless run calm will bring into this game but that all ended uh, a 3-1 victory uh, over sherborne and uh, yeah inside ahead inside six minutes through tom bokes uh, the 018 team, uh, before sherborne did manage to, to get back on level terms uh, hayden hodges uh, leveling things on the half hour uh, but then uh, yeah calm pushing on uh into in the second half Robbie mitchell uh, giving them their second lead of the game uh with then joe williamson uh, he scored 10 minutes from time in the keeper and uh, yeah completing uh, an impressive win for calm
1: sherborne town are one of those sides that we haven't been able to get onto the podcast this season and I do my best to try and rectify that and I'm very pleased to say that um, this week we have been able to get hold of the club's chairman John Bowers and um, sadly it wasn't to reflect upon a victory which is what we normally try and do of course but um, they have been in very good form of late they've won four of their last six well I just asked John that it was a shame uh, that he couldn't his side couldn't keep their good form going against Khan at the weekend.
3: No, uh, a bit disappointing. I suppose all good runs have to come to an end. Disappointing the fact that it was at home. Um, and again, um, you know, a great run that we never wants to come to an end. And unfortunately, we gifted the opposition a couple of goals. And at this level, you can't gift opposition goals and think you're going to get away with it. We played Khan earlier in the season. I thought they were one of the better sides that we played. Uh, I think they beat us 3-0 up there. I'm not sure they were, they were worth 3-1. But their goal came at a vital time. And it went 3-1. It could have gone 2-2 seconds before um, that's football, obviously disappointing. Take a positive slant on the fact that we're um, two losses in eight, and that's the way we're looking at it at the moment.
1: Well, you're 13th at the moment in the first division. Do you think that's a fair reflection on how your season's gone so far?
3: Our season has been most peculiar, up and down, really. We've never really looked like a relegation side, but you can get dragged into that fight as we did last year. Um, got much better depth of squad this year, um, had some vital, really crucial injuries to key players. We don't complain about that because every team gets it. we just got to get on with it. But we've had some good replacements to come in, coming up to. It's always a good chance for the reserve players to, 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 to put their name down for a first-team place. So um, it's no surprise to me we're on that run. It was coming for a long time. It's just that people don't always see it. If you just see the results in the paper and another loss, they don't know how the game's actually gone. And we, we, we've been strong. I can't think we probably had two poor games all season.
1: Now, you've been averaging 95 at home this season, which is, um, which is very good. Um, I know the club are very active on social media, but what have you been trying to do to promote your club in your local community?
3: We try everything. Uh, we've got a great commercial manager. I'm not just saying that because he's my son and he's doing it free of charge, but he's great at promoting the club. Um, going around the town, putting up posters with uh, uh, fixtures on talking to people that are members of the club and getting local communities to sponsor, uh, not sponsor, but um, give discount if, if, they're, if you're a member of Sherborne Town um, Social Club. Anything we can do to get our name out there. It, it's, it's a f- we've got something at Sherborne Town. I've only been there two and a half years as chairman, and we've got something. I don't know what that thing is, but it's a commodity that people seem to come back. Players leave and come back. Management will go away and come back. There's something that we've got, and we do try and promote that in a big way. But uh, uh, like a lot of other clubs at our level, we struggle financially. We're never going to be a wealthy club. Um, my target when I came was to try and make us break even, just just be self sufficient, and it's been the best part of three years, and we're getting there. We're not quite there yet because always something comes out the woodwork. Um, yeah, you know it's, it's no joke 50 to 60 grand a year to run the club all self-funding so we've got to go and find that somewhere um we talk to local businesses about sponsorship i don't think we've in the past i can spend some time because i'm semi-retired and i can spend a bit of time talking to potential sponsors uh, whether it's match day sponsors player sponsors or, or, or main sponsors and we've got ourselves uh, a main sponsor for next year um well ahead of next season, which is the first time that we've done that since I've been associated with the club. So it's all about building bridges with the local community uh, and certainly local businesses.
1: Now, one of the things I enjoy when I talk to chairman, and normally, of course, we speak to managers and, we, we you know, it's very difficult to get away from first-team matters, but one of the things that never ceases to amaze me with the Western League is the amount of other football that is going on in our member clubs, women's football, youth football, disability football. When you take a holistic view of everything that's going on at, at Sherbourne Town, what, what, what other activities, what else have you got going on outside of that first, um, outside of that first division side?
3: There's two things, main things. Um, we've got a... Um a reserve team that play in the DPL, and uh, we had a function at the club on Saturday night, which, which was a club night for, for reserve team players and first team players, anyone associated with the club. And I'm talking to a couple of the reserve team players. The reserve team is always on a hiding to nothing, because any player that hits form goes to the, goes to the first team. We, we've got two or three reserve players that are currently in the first team and doing a great job, and it's a thankless task for the management team of a reserve side because the minute they get any success, it's taken away from them because they take the better players. So that's hard work. DPL is a great level of football on its own. Um, Sherbourne were, based, were DPL before they came to the Western League, so we know all about that. This year we're playing the ladies' team, have, have, have taken on the Sherbourne ladies' team. Uh, they've been extremely successful. They had the, they had the start at the bottom because they're new. Uh, they've won their league. They're in the cup final. Uh, and they're speaking to the FA to see if they can't move up two divisions. Um some of the girls in the management were there Saturday night and had a long chat with them. You know, uh, Very popular ladies' football, so there's something that we're encouraging at Sherborne. They've got an open day coming up to try and start an under-11s team next year. So there's plenty going on within the club football-wise. The youth teams um, of all ages, although they run through the club, uh, to be honest, enough on my plate to worry about senior sides without worrying about youth teams, but we have got youth teams that are coming through uh, and under-18s team this year. So plenty in the building because we can't afford to bring in dear players and pay them a lot of money. We have to bring our own players through from the reserves, and, and, and this season particularly has been very successful.
1: Well, a, a lot going on at the club, and, of course, fantastic to hear that you've been able to um, engage with the local business community and, sec- and secure some sponsorship. When you are talking to people who are interested in following the club, what are you saying about the ambitions of the side? Do you want to get into the Premier Division?
3: But the management team we've got there is it's in his ambition to get us into back into the Premier League um, a nice cut from somewhere along the way would help us financially as well we're always going to struggle to compete in the Premier League because of the, some of the teams and the money that's been thrown at their players um, You know, we, we continually lose good players to clubs who can pay them more money than we can but certainly our ambition is to get promoted and when I took over as chairman, and it's no secret, it wasn't something I particularly had aspirations to do. I just went to a meeting to discuss who was going to be the new chairman and walked out the door, Would put my hand up, and bingo, here I am. No regrets there whatsoever. But I did think we could turn the club round in, in 12, 18 months. I then said it was a three-year job, and I now think two and a half years in, it's probably a five-year job. And we are getting there. Relegated really from the Premier Division... Um, Really struggled, deserved to be relegated. Last year had a relegation battle, um, pulled out the hat at the end, and this year, well, I think we should be a mid-table side. Hopefully, the time we finish the season, so. We are improving, albeit very slowly. And it's just about a patience thing and about bringing the players in. And obviously you have to be successful to attract players. So when you're down the bottom, the management struggle. Um, Wayne's done a great job. He's brought in a couple of signings recently that have given us energy to the team. Uh, and it's shown in our results. So patience is the virtue here uh, that we have to just you know, get on with it and, and take every, every week and every game as it comes. So promotion is obviously the aim.
1: Well, the next game that's coming up is Devizes. You're playing them on Wednesday. they are only a couple of positions above you in the league table, so you must be optimistic that you can get something out of that game.
3: Yeah, I've got to be honest with you. I've seen pretty much every home and away game this season, and we don't fear anybody on our day. We're showing a bit of consistency in our team selection, that it's coming out the same. Eleven are are turning up, barring last Saturday, where we did have three players out. Uh, for various reasons, but we have had a consistent side. We played, devises, I think it was the first game away after we'd drawn at home to Porter's head and we beat them 3-1 after being a goal down. Um, on our day, I actually don't fear anybody. You know, we went to Cheddar and we're leading 1-0. At, they were top, I think, at the time. We lead them 1-0 at 90 minutes and somehow managed to lose it 2-1. So we, we, can, we, can, we can hold our own with the top sides on our day. There's no doubt about that. and I don't fear anybody. Probably... Mid-table sides are better to play at this time of the season. The boys down the bottom are fighting for a relegation. The boys at the top are fighting to get promoted. The teams in the middle—it's it's gone off a little bit for them. But I'm—I'm I'm sure the won't come here and be a pushover. I um, mean, mustn't be too complacent. The fact that we've already beaten them once this season—they seemed quite a strong side when we played them. Um, so I'm looking forward to Wednesday and the fact that we've got two or three home games on the trot as well. Um, so yeah, not—not um, not worried about Wednesday. Quite looking forward to it.
1: Well, um, one of the sides that will be battling it out at the top is Canesham Town, and you've got them on the last day of the season. You're away, so you could still play quite an important part in the First Division title race.
3: Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's true. I've got to be honest, that they did... Um... I think for 45 minutes we held our own down here with them earlier in the season but they did. I think they ran out 5-0 winners uh, and I can't really complain too much about that. They're a good side and of course they play on I think it's 3G which always seems a strange thing after you've been playing on grass for the bulk of the season. Um, I'm I'm glad we're not having to go there. Well, I'm hoping... It's true that we won't be going there looking for points to stay up. I'm sure we'll be safe by then, but um, it is tight at the top and I'm sure we may well have a say in who does win and who does get promoted in that league. So, uh, not, nice to be involved there.
1: Now, one final um, question um, for you, John. Um, not really, a question in many ways because um, it's been announced that this year's Les Phillips Cup final will be taking place at Sherbourne on May the 6th. What does that mean to a club like you?
3: Well, first of all, the fact that we've been Given the opportunity to host, you know, uh, uh, it was terrifically um, prestigious, um, something that we've tried before, uh, um, uh, you know, disappointed when we haven't had it. We're a little bit out on the sticks here, but we've got a great venue, you know, big car park. <laughs> we've already got our little subcommittee together to make sure the day is going to be a great day for anyone that visits the club. We can show our to them. We can show off our hospitality and the fact that we are an extremely friendly club. Uh, and hopefully, we can get this, uh, you know, uh, more cup finals. Maybe let's look again down the line. I know they like to share it around, but there are other cup finals out there that we can host. Um, as I said before, Sherborne is an extremely friendly club. Lots of people seem to like us, um, and that's down to the staff and the players. Great opportunity to show people what we can offer in the way of hospitality and friendship. So um, we're looking forward to that. We're just hoping the weather's kind to us and we've got lots of little things up our sleeves where we can obviously make some revenue and make the uh, tool station Western League proud of us.
1: And my thanks to John for his time. Now, uh, our final game in the first division is the game that I attended, along with 180 um, other uh, spectators. It was Warminster Town against Redstock Town.
2: Yeah, and Warminster's uh, strong run continues. Uh, rise and the rise continues. We're up into eighth, uh, doing really well. Obviously, as you have said, uh, doing well off the pitch as well. 180 fans there, um, the tendencies are climbing uh, the, the performances are definitely improving and it was a second half goal uh, giving them victory over of, a, of a on uh, on saturday with jake wright who managed to, to notch that and uh, yeah another another win for warminster and uh, yeah all things looking pretty good there at the moment
1: yeah, Warminster left it late against Radstock. I mean, I managed to stay for pretty much the whole game, so I was quite surprised when I got home. I found out that that Warminster goal coming five minutes before the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, up until then, it had looked like a pretty um, nailed-on draw, nil-all-bore draw. But um, um, Warminster just goes to show what a difference form can make, doesn't it, Tom? I mean, they've won five of their last six. Poor old Radstock can't buy a win at the moment. And, um, yeah, it's um, um, difficult times Uh, for the Miners before we move on from that game I I do have to say uh, massive congratulations to Roland Millwood Um, now regular listeners to the podcast will know that um, um, I've mentioned Roland before he does a Warminster Town supporters podcast he produces a podcast every week and um, uh, Roland really got on to the initiative of trying to get 200 fans to that, um, that game against Radstock. Uh, and as you can see from the attendance, he, n- he very nearly managed it. I mean, he really did, the club really did everything they could to, to push this and try and capture the imagination of their supporters. And um, when you see that their average attendance is, is a bit over 100, in fairness, but um, certainly 180 is a significant um, improvement on what they normally get. The other thing that we should mention, of course, as well, is that Westbury were at home to Plymouth Parkway, no less, And actually, you had devices at home as well, just a few miles up the road. So there was a little bit of competition for Warminster, Mm -hmm. but still they managed to find 180 fans there. And I think that idea of setting a target and doing everything you can to publicise it through the local media, if it captures the imagination of your community, I think you will see the benefit of it on the gate. And certainly the the very good efforts of Roland and all of the volunteers at Warminster who do a fantastic job. It was a very welcoming atmosphere. They've got a lovely clubhouse, a very pleasant uh, surroundings there. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my time. Um, I have no issue at all with taking my children and my wife back there, and um, uh, and I would thoroughly recommend it um, as well. So, hats off. Hats off to Roland. Now, that we move on, Tom. We take a look at the fixtures um, coming up um, this week. We won't labour too much what's going on in the week, because depending on when you listen to this, the fixtures will probably have happened. Although I will say one fixture we should pay attention to is the Les Phillips Cup quarter final, and um, Buckland Athletic um, taking on Cadbury Heath. Of course, they both of those sides still in the hat, still playing for a place in this year's final, which, of course, as we know, is being played at Sherborne Town on May. The sixth. So um, we will definitely be keeping an eye on those Les Phillips Cup games as we get to the pointy end of that competition. Anyway, moving on to Saturday the thirtieth of March. Which game in the Premier Division tickles your fancy?
2: Gone for the top one, uh, Bitten Parkway. Uh, both teams obviously uh, fighting for f- fighting for promotion, fighting for a title potentially. If uh, uh, Willen not slip up. Uh, looking at it on Monday afternoon as we are now. It's it's second to third. Both teams have got a midweek. Uh, fixture in the league so that could potentially change it could be uh, first versus uh, third or yeah or vice versa so uh, lots to play for and yeah a huge game park were obviously showing their their uh, credentials uh, promotion credentials with another big win uh, away at westbury uh, on saturday so another another tough trip for them Uh, bitten um, yeah obviously to have 75 points at this uh, time of the season there no slouches and we know that and there's yeah, there's going to be pressure on this fixture, but uh, yeah, it should be a, a pretty exciting and entertaining afternoon down there.
1: Well, I've gone for Westbury against Bridport. Westbury are, are really um, struggling for form at the moment, so they will definitely be targeting this game to get themselves back on track. Bridport, as we know, um, are in the bottom half of the table, but um, they are looking to build and uh, have a stronger finish um, to this season. So both sides there with a with a real reason for trying to get a result. I'm sure it'll be a competitive affair and um, uh, entertaining. I am, I am sure. So we move on to the first division, Tom. And what game have you gone for there?
2: I've gone for uh, yeah, a bit boring. i would keep picking the top teams, but those are the those are the games that stand out. Unfortunately, so we have got. Cheddar, uh, they're at home to Wales City. Um, just over two months ago, uh, suffered a, Cheddar suffered a 3-0 defeat uh, away at Wales, so maybe a potentially a little bit of revenge on their mind. Uh, Wales have proven, uh, yeah, really tough to beat for some of those top teams this season, so can they repeat the trick? And we'll find out on Saturday.
1: Well, I don't mind admitting that, of course, a side close to my heart is Radstock Town, and they are fighting for survival at the bottom of the first division. Uh, we will go and have a look at the uh, the tables shortly, but um, yeah, they're at home to Bishop's Lydiard, and that is a game. At the moment in this uh, in this campaign, every they need to take as many points as they possibly can, so that's a game I'm sure that Radstock will be targeting. Bishop's Lydiard have been in re, uh, good form. They haven't lost their last four, so that won't be easy for them. Um, but, um, uh, again, it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out. And I'm sure the likes of Portishead and Bristol Telephones will be equally as interested to see whether Redstock are able to pull away um, or get dragged further into the mire. There we go. Anyway, w- 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 what a wonderful segue into going and having a look at the league tables. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, we'll kick off in the Premier Division, Tom. And uh, who's our top of the pops?
2: Uh, currently top, uh, Arbor still. Uh, played 31. Uh, so seven league games left for them they've got 79 points uh, but then yeah chasing hard as we know Plymouth Park where they've also played 31 uh 78 points so they're one point behind uh Willand uh, slightly worse goal difference so would have that in there uh, to their advantage but those two are the top two at the moment and then we've got Bitten obviously that huge game on on Saturday which we've mentioned uh Bitten in third they've also played 31 uh, now on 75 points, so three behind Partway and four behind Willen So, uh, yeah, those three look like the ones uh, to battle out for the top two uh, and obviously the title. Uh, Bridgewater in fourth uh, also played 31, they've got 67 points, so they've dropped off a little bit recently. And Westbury also uh, 32 games played for them, they've got 66. So, that's how it's looking at the top of the table.
1: Yeah, looking at the bottom of the division, Shortwood there, uh, some way adrift. Uh, 32 played, 8 points on the board. 10 points above them is Hengrove. They've also played 32. They're on 18. And then 7 points above them, Roman Glass. Um, uh, played 32, 25 points. Just above Roman Glass, is Brislington. Played 32, 28 points. So, um, dare I say, it's looking quite cut and dried at the bottom of the premier division but it's looking anything but at the top of the first division tom
2: yeah obviously the the top two that we've we've known about for a little while they keep uh yeah keep keep changing places so currently cheddar uh, top of the table uh, 30 games played so they've got eight more league matches this season uh, they're on 73 points uh, just a point ahead of keinsham they've played 31 so they have actually played a game more so cheddar game in hand and a, and a point advantage at this stage uh but yeah 72 points for Uh Then in third at the moment, we've got Ashton back, where they've played 31. Uh, and then fourth, a uh, team that have uh, really come on uh, strongly of late. Uh, Longwell Green Sports, think that would be maybe a, a, a potential surprise for some to see them so high. So uh, fantastic second half of the season for them. Uh, and then Caution in fifth. Uh, they've played 31 there on 54 points. So, yeah, um, plenty of change uh, towards the top of the table, uh, including the top two.
1: Well, it's incredibly close at the bottom of the first division, and of course, with um, potentially two relegation places up for grabs, um, this is the end of the table that nobody wants to be at. At the moment, Bristol Telephones are bottom of the first division. They've played 32 games; they are on 24 points, only two points above them are Chippenham Park. They have played 31 uh, games and they've got 26 points. Only one point ahead of Chippenham Park is Radstock Town, played 31, 27 points, and then a three-point gap is building between Radstock and Portishead Portishead have played 30 they're on 30 points and older Nabatonians uh, they've played 32 and they're also on um, 30 points so a run in the in the final games of the season from any of those clubs uh, at the bottom could easily see them um, spring up to um, um, well certainly towards mid-table um, but uh, that means that really nobody um, certainly below um, um, Wincanton probably uh, who have played 32 on 39 are potentially they're all looking over their shoulder. Nobody's safe. Uh, right then, that is uh, that's the league tables for another week. Tom, um, uh, we've been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that?
2: That is on the uh, Toolstation uh, League website. Uh, there's a tab along the top uh, which takes you to the most recent uh, publishing, uh, which is yeah. You can then download in a, a Word or a PDF.
1: Excellent stuff. And have you penned your column for the non-league paper?
2: Yeah, indeed. That's in the step five and six section. Uh, a couple hundred words looking back at the uh, the Premier uh, Division matches which took place on Saturday afternoon.
1: Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you very much for your time.
2: Pleasure as always.
1: And uh, I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.